With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. My guy, Lance Taylor, uh, 94.5 jocks down in Birmingham, but a big Rams fan for a uh, long time now. LT, where were you when you saw the news? Did you did a buddy text you, or were you like scrolling through Twitter and saw the Adam Schefter sort of neutron bomb land? You know, so I had just gotten done with dinner on Saturday night, leaving a restaurant, and I get in the car, and I, I was going to check messages before I actually started the car up to leave. And one of those ESPN uh, things popped up. But it was real quick because I put my password in, and it said breaking news, and I saw Stafford. And I was like, oh, my God, did this happen? And immediately I go and I see that I've missed, like, you know, 13 texts have already come through. And so I went to uh, to Twitter, and that's when I found out. And, I mean, it, sadly, at my age, I was up till 3 a.m. celebrating myself. I mean, just – just drinking. I mean, pathetically. Um, and I know we, we, we have rolled into Super Bowl week and, you know, obviously there's only two teams playing, but uh, I, I'm just, I've never been this excited outside of Super Bowl appearances as a Rams fan, because, you know, just looking back at the, the history, I followed this team for 40 years and I've never been excited about a quarterback. You know, Kurt Warner fell into the lap of the then St. Louis Rams when Trent Green got hurt in the preseason. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect there. And, obviously, the Rams had a really good quarterback and a nice run, two Super Bowls in three years and a couple of MVPs for Kurt Warner. But outside of that, I mean, Mark Bolte was probably the best quarterback the Rams have had. And so the Jared Goff kind of falling off of the uh, of the stratosphere as a quarterback, 
Were you ever in the camp of Jared Goff is going to be a great young quarterback who transitions into a great quarterback period? Or were you always skeptical? Because the last two seasons, there's obviously been sort of a continued slide. But even in the beginning of his career, you know, Sean McVay came in and it seemed to rehabilitate him in a hurry. But have you ever been a true believer in Jared Goff at any point in his career? You know, I had the conversation at the end of last week when, you know, I was, you know, holding out hope that the Rams could somehow make some miraculous deal for Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford. And somebody asked me point blank, well, what did you think when they drafted Jared Goff in 2016? And I said, well, going into that draft, you know, the rumor was the Rams were going to trade up to number one. They were going to take Goff. At that point, didn't like Wentz or Goff, but I said, if you're taking one of these guys number one overall, I think you got to take Wentz. And I just went back and I looked at Goff's, you know, history at Cal, and it was a guy that had never beaten the top 25. Um, I didn't really think that he would stay healthy in the NFL, and outside of the thumb injury this year, he's been relatively healthy. The only moment that I saw play was in Sean McVay's second year, and obviously en route to going to a Super Bowl when the Rams were 13-3. and Golf had big-time moments. You know, a Thursday night game against Minnesota, that Monday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, people were talking about golf in the middle of that season as a possible MVP candidate. But I just think the play calling was so good for golf. And I think McVay is that good. And, you know, this is when Todd Gurley really was legitimately the best offensive weapon yep. in the NFL a couple of years ago when healthy. And everything really thrived off that play-action pass. And just watching every play of a Rams game, you see how wide open those receivers were running. You know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Higby, those guys were always wide open coming off that play-action. So, you know, it, it it was hard for golf to not have success a couple of years ago, and I just think he lost his confidence this year. Is it worth it for Matthew Stafford, and if so, why? Well, I think it is because Matthew Stafford. You start to look at just his overall talent. I've 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 claimed that Stafford is an elite quarterback for the last five years. I really believe he's a top ten guy, and I think with McVay in this offense, I think he can be a top five quarterback. Um, this guy is. He's number four all-time in passing yards per game. He's number 16th all-time in the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He's always played for a terrible organization. He's played played for head coaches uh, like Matt Patricia. Um, you know, he had an elite receiver uh, back in the day with Calvin Johnson. Uh, Kenny Galladay was a, a really solid number one the last couple of years when healthy. But Stafford now has an opportunity to go West Coast, um, play at SoFi Stadium, with an elite defense for an elite offensive coach with weapons. And I think at 32 years old, we're looking at a 43-year-old about to play in a Super Bowl this week. Um, I think Stafford's got another good five or six years left in him, man. I think the window is now for the Rams. I think McVay knows, you know, this. he's going into year five. He's won nine-plus games in, in all four years. This is the year they want to strike it. And I think a lot of people are looking at this, you know, Rams team is probably two two years, maybe three on this window. But I think for Matt Stafford, you know, a, a guy that to me is an elite talent now has an opportunity to truly win a championship. How much do you think Tom Brady to the Bucks immediately going to the Super Bowl looms over this trade? Because to me, Sean McVay has to be looking around and saying, we could be, I know they made the playoffs and they lost in the divisional round, unlike the Bucks, who were 7-9 and nine last year. But I think he has to be looking around thinking, hey, if we make a play here, uh, for the quarterback position, we can win a Super Bowl, and you're willing to make that move. Is it helped by the fact that Brady happened so quickly? Yeah, I think it, absolutely, 100%. And, you know, almost Tampa called their old shot. I still 
I don't know why I find it so hard to believe because we knew Tampa did have weapons last year. But when Brady was signed in the offseason, for everybody just to assume Tampa was going to win the NFC, I thought that that was thought that was a little insane. I thought for sure they'd win double digit games. I thought they would go to the postseason. But I never envisioned Tom Brady going to his tenth Super Bowl in year one for Tampa. But yeah, you know, I was listening to your podcast last week and how you were talking about you know the the possibility of 18 teams looking for new quarterbacks. Yeah, it's crazy. And I I think, yeah, man, I mean, this is something we don't see. I mean, you talked about it. You know, you don't trade uh, borderline top 10, top 15 quarterbacks um, in the prime of their career. It's just something you never see. You draft quarterbacks, you develop them, and that's how you win in the NFL. And and this is just a weird year. And, you know, I I think it's really one of those win-win trades. And I don't know how you felt about it, Clay, but, you know, obviously with the Rams getting Stafford, they are ready to win now. I think with Stafford this past year, they were 10-6. and Um, I think they definitely went uh, against San Francisco and SoFi where golf had three turnovers and they lose a three-point game. I think they definitely beat the Jets. Um, you know, I, I think they're twelve and four or thirteen and three this year. Um, I think they could have beaten Green Bay in Green Bay with Stafford. I think he's that good. And I think for the Lions, you know, uh Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback. He was forty two and twenty seven. He's two and two in his postseason career as a starting quarterback. He's a guy that got a team. He won an NFC championship. He's got the same amount of NFC championships now as is Drew Brees. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, um, and he's 26 years old. Now the contract's complicated because 110 million is guaranteed. It's a four-year, 134 million dollar deal. Um, but Detroit's also going to get, you know, a first-round pick in 2022. They're going to get a first in 2023. So, you know, I, I think they were just ready to start over. And Brad Holmes, their new GM, he was the director of college scouting for the Rams. He was part of the golf, uh, you know, trade up from 15 to one and got him in 2016. So I think. I think they believe they're still upside with golf. It's interesting because the cult of the draft pick has been so overwhelmingly dominant in the NFL. Draft picks are what matter. Get as many of them as you can. And I was looking, and and I'm sure you've kind of done the math on this too, but McVay and the entire Rams organization seem to have made the decision. Uh, They have not had a first-round pick since – Jared Goff was taken back in 2016. So they've traded their their picks all the way now through 2023, which is seven straight first-round picks. Now, they could certainly make other moves. Maybe they trade some other players and they get some picks back. But I kind of like when a team is willing to make a counterintuitive decision. Uh, and the Rams seem to have been willing to stop kneeling at the altar of the NFL draft picks. Smart move, dangerous move. To be determined. Well, I think it's maybe a mix of all three. Yeah. Um, to me, as a Rams fan, I mean, we know this, Clay. We've watched the NFL for a long time. You got to have an elite quarterback. You just do to to win consistently and to to win championships. And I just think there was a ceiling with Jerry Goff, and I think he hit it. And uh, you know, best of luck to Goff. But I think Sean McVay and Les Need realized, hey, look, we overreached at 2016. We really overreached when we gave him that extension last year. Uh, we have to go out and get an elite quarterback. We got, you know, one of the great things about watching the Rams, a lot of games you wouldn't even hear Jalen Ramsey's name because teams didn't throw yeah, to Jalen Ramsey. Shuts that down that side. Shut down. Yeah, and, you know, you gave up two ones for Jalen Ramsey, but looking back, well, yeah, you do that for what's going to end up being a, a Hall of Fame career and right now the best lockdown quarterback in, in football. So if you can give up two first rounds, which first-round picks are unknown, 
Jared Goff was a first-round pick. Um, you know, if you can give two of those up for what they believe to be a top-ten quarterback that can win them a championship, it, it makes the ultimate sense. And, by the way, you get out of that $134 million contract. Well, that's an interesting part of this deal, too, because – Jared Goff got paid a lot of money, and we see this in the NFL, not not rarely, right? It's fairly regularly that somebody is getting traded in the NBA because of their salary cap number, right? It's all got to be balanced out. Somebody's wildly overpaid. Somebody else takes them on their books, knowing that eventually that's going to come off. We haven't really seen a lot of that in the NFL, uh, but... You know, for the moment, I think you go back. That was one that I nailed. I said, look, I don't think Jared Goff's a $100 million quarterback. And certainly the Rams were going to find themselves in some salary cap difficulties uh, going forward. But that is, uh, that's a unique and uh, maybe a sign of something to come that we're now dealing with that in the NFL like we have been in the NBA for years and years. Yeah, and, and it is going to be fascinating, especially with this position where guys are going to start making $40 million a year. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and the Rams, it looked like, Clay, I, you know, I didn't think they'd be able to pull this off. Um, but if they weren't able to pull it off, were they going to cut golf and just have $66 million in dead money? I think it's something they really were thinking about. Okay, so Matthew Stafford to the Rams. What is the value that the Lions got in exchange for Matthew Stafford? tell us about what the Texans might be able to get for Deshaun Watson, who is eight years younger, right? If you get two first-rounders, I think two first-rounders, a third-rounder, and a former number one overall pick, Deshaun Watson has to be more valuable than that just based on his age, right? Clay, I I saw a tweet last night, and it said, after seeing what the Lions got from Matt Stafford, you might have seen this. Uh, here's what the Texans are now asking for Deshaun Watson. An entire draft, not just one team, all 31 other teams' picks. Uh, $11 billion in cash, a European country, and they want Jesus to return and commit to playing quarterback. Yeah. So, so obviously having fun with that. But, I mean, it's going to be three number ones if somebody wants Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think the, the Texans can really dig in. And, and you know, again, back to your podcast last week, you were talking about you, you just don't see guys that really are willing to hold out. Le'Veon Bell did it. It was a complete disaster. You never see it from a quarterback. And if I'm the Texans, man, I ain't letting Deshaun Watson go. Yeah. I'm just not. He can be That's disgruntled. Um, yeah, I'll tell him, hey, we'll go out and we'll find you some weapons, but you, you're, the, you're the face of this franchise. We're not going to find anybody better. And, you know, people talk about, well, what about giving number one, you know, trade to Jacksonville for, for Trevor Lawrence? To me, Deshaun Watson – was a better quarterback at Clemson than Trevor Lawrence ever was. And Deshaun Watson is a proven commodity in the NFL. And, again, if I could have had either one of these quarterbacks, even with the two ACL injuries, I would obviously have taken a younger Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, it's going to be three number ones. If you want him, that's what you're going to have to give. Okay. In addition now to the Rams getting uh, getting Matthew Stafford and the, the Lions getting Jared Goff, there are several other teams out there that were willing to trade for Matthew Stafford. You know, we've heard some of their teams uh, rumored the, the Bears, the Colts, uh, maybe the 49ers. There are a lot of other teams out there that were willing to step up to the plate to make something happen there. What do those other teams do now? Because you mentioned earlier the idea of 18 or 19 potentially new quarterbacks in the NFL. In other words, there's only about 12 or 13 teams that feel very confident and who their starter is going to be, and it being the same starter as they finish the season with. 
what would you do right now if you were the Colts? Like, who is your target? Because you've got Phillip Rivers retiring. Jacoby Brissett is an unrestricted free agent. Who is the guy? you got a pretty good team. I mean, the same way that the Rams yeah. believe that if they get a quarterback, they can win a Super Bowl. The Colts have to be looking around. And obviously, Andrew Luck coming back is, you know, sort of the Superman out of nowhere return. The Michael Jordan, I'm back. I don't think that would happen. Who would be your quarterback? Like, who could win the Colts that division and win them the Super Bowl that's available? Is there anybody? Well, you know, I, I, I did hear an interesting theory. You know, I mean, obviously, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm calling Andrew Luck nonstop. 100%. And just saying, Look, yeah, man. begging him. Yeah. Back. You, yes. You, 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 you're going to get bored. you got a ton of money. You still got – you can shut this thing down when you're 38 or 39 and still have a great life. Yep. I mean, just come back, win a championship. You've already been to an AFC championship game. This is a better roster than you had back then. Right. You saw old man Phillip Rivers was three points away from beating a team that was in the AFC championship game. You yep. can win us a championship. So that's the first call I'm making. But I do think an interesting thought is Matt Ryan. Kind of been, you know, obviously not even close to the success that Tom Brady had, but a former MVP that should have won a Super Bowl. You know, he's kind of in the twilight of his career. It looks like Atlanta's going to take the quarterback in the top ten picks in May. Um, I think That's the an interesting theory. To deal. Yeah, and I think Matt Ryan, to me, is as good, maybe even a little bit better than Phillip Rivers right now. So, you know, I don't think you get much of a drop-off. I mean, Brissett's not going to be the answer. You know, Jacob Eason, I don't see that really being the answer. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys out. If you can't pull Andrew Luck out of retirement, you can't pull something off for Deshaun Watson. If I'm Chris Ballard and the Colts, man, um, I think Matt Ryan would make some sense. How bad was the blood, by the way, I meant to mention this to you earlier, that they managed to leak out that Matthew Stafford said he was fine being traded to any team in the NFL but the Patriots? Uh, it's, it's amazing, man. I mean, I mean does that really not just is. feel like a little bit of a gig at Matt Patricia on the way out? Like, I didn't ever say – like, this is Matthew Stafford basically saying, hey, yeah. I didn't say a word while you were the head coach here, but I hated playing for you, and I just want you to know that now that I get to go to L.A. and go play for Sean McVay. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, the cultures are so different. Obviously, there's been, you know, a, a thousand times the success the Patriots have had than the Rams. But you watch McVay on hard knocks, and if you're a quarterback, man, with that culture, I don't know how you wouldn't want to play for a guy like Sean McVay in that city, in that stadium. It's just the perfect fit, but I agree with you 100%. I think that was a total shot at that organization and Matt Patricia. Uh, I know Nick Saban had a video leak of the pitch that he makes uh, to recruits, and uh, obviously it's been a very successful pitch because he just keeps racking up first-round draft picks as well as national championships. I don't think we've talked to you, at least not in much detail, since Bama won the national championship, but to your perspective, how many more years, if you were setting the over-under, is Nick Saban going to coach Alabama? You know, I, I and I don't know if you heard, and I don't really get to hear, hear Cowherd that much anymore. You know, I used to get to hear him a little bit more when, you know, I was doing different day parts, and for whatever yeah. reason, I was in the car when he was um, on. But I did get to hear his rant, and I think it was more about Saban, what he could do for the Houston Texans if he was to take that job. Yeah. But he started to make the comparison of, you know, how old certain individuals are that are still making major impacts. You know, Warren Buffett at 90 is one of the biggest traders right now in America as far as, like, stocks. Um, and, you know, he was just talking about Nick Saban. And I made this point before. You know, I watched an ESPN Classic game when Saban was coaching Michigan State and they were playing, I think, Penn State. Larry Johnson was running up and down the field for Penn State. But 
Nick Saban looked older 20 years ago than he looks now. Yeah. And I know he's aged a little bit, but, man, he'll be 70 uh, this fall. But he's in great shape. Yeah, and you he's know, eight years younger, you know, than Joe Biden, for instance. Joe Biden, president of the United States, is yeah, seventy-eight well, Joe Biden years was old right one now. That, 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 that hey, look, man, this guy just got elected president. If, if there's any job that's ever going to age you, it's going to be the president of our country. Um, you saw how much Obama aged just in the first yeah. couple of years. Um, so yeah, you've got Biden, who's much older right now than Saban. So if Saban walks, man, I mean. You know, I think Coward was making the point the guy could coach another 10 years. I think realistically that number is four or five more years, which is crazy. And we're talking about a guy that has won six of the last 12 national championships. Um, I just I don't think we're ever going to see anything like this. And when I watch that recruiting video, and, you know, for any college football fans out there, it is entertaining just to see, you know, you know they, they do those master classes now. I mean, Nick Saban is the master recruiter. And just he's just – it's airtight, man. It is airtight. Uh, I know you like to gamble. Any picks you like? Uh, what are you thinking about the Super Bowl? I'm awful at Super Bowls. I mean, yeah, it's I, tough. I can't I mean, say it's, how bad I am. Yeah. It, it, it's uncanny, though. I mean, and, and, and I haven't pulled my numbers this week, but I'll pull them, and, you know, it's like three of the last 19. I'm like three and 16 in the last 19 years, <laughs> something like that. It's that yeah. bad. So, yeah. with that said, I mean, I don't know how the Chiefs don't win this game. It's like the Chiefs slept walk through the regular season. You know, um, two weeks ago when, when they beat the Bills, that was their first double-digit win, uh, or their first win by more than six points since November 1st when they beat the Jets. It's like it's just, you know, going through the motions, just finding a way to win these games, and now the lights, they turned on. And to think about the Bills scored the, the first nine points of that game, the last nine points of that game, and still never really were in that game. I mean, this Chiefs, Chiefs offense, just, it seems unstoppable right now. I don't trust the back end of that Tampa defense. Um, I'll tell you, the, the thing that's impossible to play is, is under, which you would think under the 56.5 or 57 where it sits right now um, – you know, that's got to be the, the play that would be against the public. But I don't know if I've got the stones to play it. But I, I like the Chiefs at least right now. LT, you can go check him out. His picks at lanceslock.com, right? That's it, man. Lanceslock.com. Thank you, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter? If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then, pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code 2PROS. New customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code 2PROS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are in Super Bowl week, and I started off the first hour of the program saying, hey, it's a non-traditional Super Bowl week for us. It's been a non-traditional year, basically, since March 11th, when everything shut down last year in the world of sports. They're not having a normal Super Bowl week. So whereas most years when we've been doing this program, we were in Houston, or we were in Miami, or we were in Atlanta, or we were in whatever other city we've been in. They all kind of run together, by the way. 
uh, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. We have been a lot of different places to do the show live from Super Bowl week. This week, there's no real radio row. They're locking it down to try to make sure that everybody's safe so there's no COVID spread. The players themselves, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are already there, but the Kansas City Chiefs, usually the teams come in for a full week and they do a big uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl uh, media day extravaganza where all the players come out and compete to say who can uh, draw attention or who can say something interesting and everybody's running around like crazy. None of that is happening this year. So it's a bit of a non-traditional year. And as I finished off the first hour of the program, I said, what the Rams are doing right now is a very non-traditional move. And if you think historically in the NFL, the NFL, like many businesses, is very much of a copycat league. Let me explain what I mean. In business, somebody comes out and they have a wildly successful new business. It doesn't take very long until there's a clone. Somebody who has seen that business and they're trying to create their own version of it. Uber, Lyft, Coke, Pepsi, whatever exists out there, if it's a successful business and people look around, they say, wait a minute, hey, what's going on in this, in this, uh, in this industry? There's usually one other titan going head to head in most competitive industries. Now, sometimes there's three or four. You're seeing this play out right now in the world of sports and the gambling industry where FanDuel is the leader, by the way, 55 to 1, fanduel.com slash clay. Pick the winner of the Chiefs or uh, the Bucks, and you get $275 for a $5 bet. FanDuel is the leader right now. They've got a bunch of challengers competing for that throne. And the NFL is a very risk-averse industry. People worry about losing what they already have as much or more as they think about adding. Let me give you an example of this. I was out to dinner on Thursday night, and, uh, and I was talking with some buddies. And when I first started doing local radio in Nashville, one of uh, my program director, who's a phenomenal guy, Brad Willis, did an incredible job managing a really talented roster of talent. Uh, And when I first started working there on the air, I was new to radio. And he was like, hey, you're a little bit brash. You're a little bit uh, controversial. But he brought me in. He loved what I brought to bear on the radio. But early on in my tenure, he said, hey, you're on a really successful radio station. And he said, I'm worried that the way that ratings work, you are going to be so brash that you're going to turn off some listeners. And we're going to lose listeners. And I said, hey, I, I totally respect that. But I said, the perspective that I'm coming from is, I don't worry about losing. I think about adding. It's a really interesting perspective, right? Because... It kind of goes to what your overall risk tolerance is in life. If you are the kind of person who worries about losing what you already have, then by and large, you are very risk averse, right? If you've got a dollar bill in your hand and you're worried about losing that dollar as opposed to figuring out how to end up with more money in your pocket, then you are a risk averse person. And I think what happened, and by the way, I tend to be a risk taker. 
And ultimately what happened was in that local Nashville market, which led to me being on here nationally, we had the highest rated local radio show in the entire country. We had high ratings and we took them to an even higher place. We weren't losing listeners. And I had the confidence to be like, hey, I'm going to say exactly what I think. And if people don't like it, they can leave. And people love to say they're leaving. But you know, right now, there's a huge percentage of people who said they were never listening to Clay Travis on the radio again that are still listening to me years after they made that declaration that they were going to leave. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a good show so far. The NFL is a lot like that program director. There's a fear if you're already successful in the NFL that you're going to lose ground and so you just don't want to take any risks. And I think a big factor in eliminating that desire to take risk was if you get embarrassed, you lose your job. If you lose ground, you lose your job. If you just stay pretty much the same place that you already were, you probably don't lose your job. And I think the biggest, wildest success story in NFL trades that still hangs over everything was that 1989 Herschel Walker trade. Now, I was only 10 years old when that trade happened. But a lot of you out there remember that trade. Herschel Walker, legendary running back, Dallas Cowboys, trade him to Minnesota, and they get back a king's ransom in draft picks. And everything that Jimmy Johnson did with the Dallas Cowboys came out of that bevy of draft picks which built the dynasty for the Dallas Cowboys. Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Jay Novacek back in the day, All you Cowboy fans who've been living on glory of the early 90s know exactly what I'm talking about. And that created this idea that draft picks were worth their weight in gold. That you could never pursue current talent, even if it was Hall of Fame talent, in exchange for draft picks. And it seems to me that what has happened with Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams is 32 years later, almost as old as Sean McVay is himself, they are now flipping that conventional wisdom and saying, we don't think that draft picks are as valuable as the NFL has believed that they are for the past generation plus. Because... Think about this for a minute. The Rams have not had a first-round draft pick since 2016. And barring additional trades, they're not going to have another first-round draft pick until 2024. That will be seven years between, eight years between when they draft a pick in the first round and draft another pick. But what have they done with their last four first-round picks? They traded two first-rounders to the Jags in exchange for Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the NFL, in my humble opinion. 
They now have traded two first-round picks to the Lions. And what's key here is the Rams' big gamble is not just to give up on their first-round picks. It's that they are not going to fall on their face like the Houston Texans did and end up giving a really high draft pick that's to be named later to the Lions or certainly the Jags are already been decided, right? Basically, what the Rams are gambling is they're going to win 10 or 11 games each of those years, and those picks are going to end up being very low first-round picks. And the best possible scenario here is if the Rams went and won the Super Bowl one of those years when they're destined to give their number one overall pick to the Lions— the hope would be that that pick ends up being 32nd in the first round. Basically a second rounder. And that in and of itself is the real gamble here. Because if Matthew Stafford plays like they expect for him now to play in this Sean McVay offense, then I think there's a big chance that he could be an MVP candidate given how well the Rams can run the football and given how strong their defense can be and given how talented this wide receiver core already is. And if the Rams do have that success, then there is going to be an examination of their risk-taking, bringing it back to what I was talking about earlier, the Rams are willing to challenge conventional wisdom. The draft pick is a value in your hand. The Rams are willing to let that draft pick go in exchange for definite proven talent. Hall of Fame talent is rare. Jalen Ramsey has got it, and Matthew Stafford has it. Now, Stafford has to validate the talent still. Even at the age of 33, he's put up big numbers, but he's never won a playoff game. So at some point in time, he needs to validate the numbers that he's put up with postseason success. But I think there's a very good chance that he's going to do it. Moreover, in addition to the fact that the Rams are saying, hey, we think it's a new era and actual current talent matters more than potential talent, particularly when you're considering and expecting that those draft picks you're giving up are late first-round picks because your team is already going to be really good. There's a lot of interest in Matthew Stafford out there. Sports are great because they're one of the few businesses where when you grab a talent, you take that talent and use it directly against somebody else because it's direct competition. When Matthew Stafford doesn't go to the Indianapolis Colts, or he doesn't go to the San Francisco 49ers, or he doesn't go to the Chicago Bears, he ends up going to the Rams, and now the Rams can take advantage of having Matthew Stafford in their games against the 49ers. It's not just that you're getting him in the NFC West for the Rams, it's that you're keeping him from being able to be used against you by the 49ers. You are weakening your opponent while simultaneously strengthening your own hand. I love this move for the Rams. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
joined now by Lights Out himself, Sean Merriman. We have officially reached Super Bowl week, Sean, but before we can get to the Super Bowl, everybody alight and uh, sharing their different opinions on whether or not it is a good move or a bad move for the Rams and the Lions to have traded first-round picks, the former number one picks, Jared Goff and uh, Matthew Stafford changing places. Is Matthew Stafford good enough to make a big difference for the Rams in their pursuit of a Super Bowl? Do you like the move, Sean? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one thing about Matthew Stafford, I want to just, you know, kind of put this out there. He's been a great player in a really, really bad organization uh, for a long time. And though I do feel like he probably should have been on a move three or four years ago, um, what is this, 11th or 12th year now it is, um, he probably should have been on a move a, a lot earlier, a lot sooner. Uh, he still is a really damn good quarterback, and it is an upgrade from Jared Goff. So is this basically Super Bowl or bust when you look at what the Rams are giving up for Matthew Stafford? Is that a fair way to read this trade? No doubt about it, because if you look at you know some of the reasons they, they failed this year, it was at the quarterback position. You know, you can't talk about their defense. They had what you know, top two or three defenses in the National Football League. Uh, they have great players in Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald. So, you know, they've taken care of on that side of the ball. They've, they've been able to produce at the wide receiver position, but one one position they haven't been able to produce at is the quarterback position. And you know, with Jared Goff, you get a very hit or miss uh, situation. It wasn't by lack of effort; it was a lack of talent. I mean, let's be honest. I mean. Matthew Stafford, talent-wise, is a huge upgrade from Jared Goff. And, I, and I've said this before, and I've been saying it over the last few weeks, Matthew Stafford has never really got the credit he deserved um, because, you know, the, 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 the losing records in the organization, them not having very many TV games, um, you know, the numbers are there. And he can throw the ball. I mean, look what he's done with Calvin Johnson when he was there over his career. The problem is they never gave him enough help around as in a total team. He was always gifted one player here, one player there. He's got a offense and a defense with the Rams, and he will be successful there. What do you think? You mentioned the defense for the Rams. What do you think that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey thought when they saw this news? That we can finally have an opportunity to get a ring? I mean, that's what you think of as a defensive player when you bring in uh, a quarterback who can go out and make plays for you. Uh, it is an instant relief because, you know, now those guys can go out there and know that them having a top two or three defense in the National Football League is going to mean something. Um, you know, this year they played out of the, out of this world. They they turned the ball over. They were getting sacks. I mean, Aaron Donald, uh, what he did on the front line and, and, and giving those guys, uh, you know, some room back there and, and uh, Jalen Ramsey being the best cornerback in football, uh, and just uh, you know, other players in that defense, man, who really stepped up. The only only position on that team that they that they struggled in, in my opinion, was the quarterback position, and they fixed that problem. All right, so let's look at the the, the Detroit Lions' perspective. Do you think they believe that Jared Goff is the guy going forward for them, or was this just about getting as many first round picks as they could? And so they were willing to eat the Jared Goff uh, salary when otherwise the Rams would have theoretically maybe had to release him and just deal with the fact that they couldn't find somebody else to take on that that salary that they signed him to. This was this was in my opinion this was all about the picks um, because you know what their record this year I don't know what they're picking at this year but now you're talking about two two first rounds I believe they got a second in there right or something along those lines 
um, or another pick in the round. And so any, any, anybody who's ever played a lick of football, watched lick of football, know that Matt, you know, Jared Goff is not an upgrade from Matthew Stafford. It's just not. Um, not mechanical-wise, not uh, athlete-wise, not a quarterback position, or you know, no parts of the game is Jared Goff an upgrade. Um, so this is all about a draft pick. Now, I will say this. Jared Goff wanted out of the Rams uh, organization. He wanted to be gone. He felt like he wasn't appreciated there. So sometimes, sometimes the change of scenery and the change of organization can you know give you that extra little spunk that you need to go out and, and, and feel better about actually being one in the organization that wants you there. Um, but at the at the end of the day, if you're the Rams, uh, I'm sorry, if you're the uh, Detroit Lions, this is a business decision. Uh, go ahead and eat that salary. It's a big salary. No problem. We'll take care of it. But we're building for the next three to five years with those extra picks. So how much is Deshaun Watson worth now that you know that uh, Jared Goff is worth two first-rounders and you're willing to take on Jared Goff's contract? I mean, if you're the Houston Texans, even if you don't want to trade Deshaun Watson, you had to see what the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford and think to yourself, my goodness, we are going to get some King's Ransom offers probably in the NFL in order to move Deshaun Watson. We don't have to do it. We've got him under contract. But three first-rounders probably is a minimum, right? Like if if your 33-year-old quarterback Matthew Stafford's worth two, I would think that Deshaun Watson has to be worth at least three, right? Well, I'm looking at this. It almost makes Deshaun Watson untradeable. I mean, it really does because if I'm Deshaun Watson, if I'm the, the, the Houston Texans and I have a Deshaun Watson there, I am asking for three, three first-round picks. Yeah. Maybe second and maybe two players i'm asking for the house yeah. and there's probably only three or four teams that's willing to do that so now it takes you out of the pool of being 10 teams or 12 teams now down to maybe three or four that even will consider or entertain that idea of of having that many guys gone out of one trade i mean you know we, we've we've seen big things like that happen in the past and i don't i don't know if they gave it what her i think what herschel walker was the was the craziest one in the history yes uh with trades and picks and things like that but we're kind of looking at the same situation when you're talking about Deshaun Watson because um, he is he, he is very valuable to organization. He just needs to be somewhere where you have an organization that's going to support him uh, and not going to treat the players as if they're a jersey number. And the CEO of, of your organization, which is Deshaun Watson, should have an input on everything you do going forward. Um, so until they start respecting players down there in Houston, you're not going to have a whole lot of, uh, of uh, players and free agents looking to willingly just go down there. Would you rather – this? to me, one of the interesting things about the Rams' move is you mentioned the Herschel Walker trade. That was the trade. What they got, Like 1989, Dub, you can look up what year that Herschel Walker trade happened, but I think it was like 89 if I'm not mistaken. That was the trade that really went a long way towards establishing the value of draft picks. Because Jimmy Johnson got all those incredible collection of draft picks that he was able to turn into that Dallas Cowboy dynasty with Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and and, uh, and Emmett Smith and all those guys. Uh, that was, yeah, Dub says it was 1989. That changed, that almost made everybody else nervous about trading superstars for lots of picks, right? That That legacy of the Cowboys winning that trade by such a massive amount. Do you think now the Rams are spinning that back on its head a little bit? Because the reason I'm going to bring it up is in the last couple of years, they've given up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, who's the best corner in the NFL, I think. I'm curious if you agree with that. 
and now they're going to get Matthew Stafford, and they're giving up two first-rounders for him as well. They're basically saying, hey, if we can get a true stud at at the position, right, corner and quarterback, we're willing to give up two first-rounders because the odds of us getting a player of their caliber is so low it's kind of spinning it back on its head, that 1989 move, and saying, hey, maybe we're overvaluing draft picks now over talent. Does that make any sense to you at all? Is that an interesting angle for you in terms of management of a football team? It, it is. It is. But, you know, I would kind of combat that by saying this. The Rams are pretty close, right? They're pretty close to the team. If they're sitting around and they got a six and ten record, or you know whatever the record is at the end of the season, and they're not that great, you're in, you're in a division where you have to compete. Yeah. Um, right. You got Kyler Murray. You got Russell. You got you know. So you got a division where you got to go out and win football games right now. And if you don't make these critical moves, um, you're going to be second and third in that division for a very long time, just because of the quarterbacks you have to play week in and week out in that division. So you got to you you have to make this splash. You have to do the things that they're doing. And though, you know, some people may sit back and say that's crazy, but a lot of people don't understand how good Matthew Stafford is. And a quarterback like him with that team that you already have will take you over the hump. They will put you number one in that division, and you're going to have to be there because you have to see Russell Wilson. You have to see Kyler Murray. you got to see these guys. And, look, we don't even know what San Fran's going to do just yet. So if San Fran goes out and make a splash in the quarterback in the market, now you really uh, have to do something like they're doing right now. So I, I, I give them credit. Uh, a lot of people looking at it saying that's crazy. I wouldn't give up that. And I, I would agree with that and say it is crazy if they wasn't so close already and if they did play in that division. Then I would say that's a little mad. Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast Network here on iHeart. I've got to give you a lot of credit here. I think last week you tossed out something that I've seen a lot of other people start to discuss, and you were the first person that I heard say it which was Deshaun Watson potentially for the number one overall pick. Would Urban Meyer be interested in that move? Would you make that move if you were the Texans? Uh, Would you be willing to believe enough in Trevor Lawrence that you would move on from Deshaun Watson? I'm sure the Jags would have to give you something else as well, but the primary move there would be basically Trevor Lawrence in exchange for Deshaun Watson with the Jags uh, likely having to give the Texans additional compensation. But is that an idea you would consider at all if you were Urban Meyer? Yeah, absolutely. But I would I would consider it even more. And, I, and I've talked to uh, to Urban Meyer uh, briefly way before he got a, a coaching job. And I knew that at some point in time he was going to coach. And I know that he needs a, uh, a stud quarterback to come in and really make a splash like he, they're, they're about to do. Now, the reason why I would do that is because it, Deshaun Watson's already put it out there publicly that he wants out. Yeah. Right? So, you, you know, so now at, at that point, I don't think your teams are going to be willing to give up as much as they right. would if it kind of stayed on the hush or stayed quiet. I mean, Matthew Stafford talked about it just recently, but that they've been in talks behind the scenes for a very long time. We, we all know that Deshaun Watson is disgruntled. We all know that he don't have any trust in the organization. There's nothing mutually respectable about the, the, the departure. There's nothing. It's the total opposite of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's like, hey, I'm moving on, guys. I did everything I could here. You guys are going in the wrong direction. Let's shake hands and we both walk away. It's not like that with Deshaun Watson. But, you know, in that case, yes, I would make a move for Deshaun Watson if I'm Urban Meyer. And, 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 and that way you move up to number one if you're the Texans. And you go after and get Trevor Lawrence. It's a big win. Uh, but in that case, you're not going to – I just don't believe that they're going to be able to get the three or four uh, first-round draft picks or whatever else they're looking for. 
All right, Super Bowl is going on Sunday. Final game of the year in the NFL. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers around a three-point underdog. They are at home. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to fly in until the day before the game. How do you break it down? Who should be favored? What do you anticipate to see in this game? Well, well, look, I, I, I'll spend a lot of time going against Tom Brady, and I'm talking about picking against him. Which, yeah. uh, you know, By the way, how much did you love, before we get to that game, how much did you love that somebody close to Matthew Stafford or Matthew Stafford himself said that he had told the Lions, I'm fine being traded to any team except the Patriots? Uh, that that note in my heart, Clay. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I, that, that made me very happy. I, I started to go and look up, but went on a, the NFL shop and get me a Matthew Stafford jersey. <laughs> that, that that was my mentality. It's like you know what? I'll play for anybody, but I ain't going there. Um, so that that you know just shows me what his mentality was about that. And then look, the second part of that is uh you know they're traveling there. Um, the day before, and I can understand it because it's and it's actually smart if you think about it uh, with COVID and everything else going on, and you know you just want to be as comfortable as possible, uh, you know, leading up to the game, so you, it doesn't get much more comfortable than you being at home. Um, I, I it's hard for me to go against Tom Brady, but the only problem you have in facing this, you got a team with uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill that can throw up 21 points in the quarter. Yeah. So you know, if they were going against anybody else, I would pick the Bucks seriously because I just I can't go against Tom Brady. He's been in this situation too many times. He's found ways to win. Um, but when you're playing the team, they can put up a 21 points at any given time. They're going to be hard to beat because you know they're going to have a, you know maybe a not so great of two or three quarters, but that fourth quarter they can come and strike at any point in time. So it, Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. Are they the best wide receiver and tight end combo right now? And I know a big part of it is having Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to them. But are they the best that you can think of in NFL history to be going side-by-side side with each other right now is a pretty unbelievable duo. Absolutely. And, the, you know, the kind of watching as a former defensive player, uh, it's the perfect combination along with Andy Reid because he, they find ways to, uh, to hurt you uh, you know Tyreek Hill is going to go deep and stretch the field out, and Travis Kelsey is right under, under him and finding holes in the defense and sitting down and getting creative, and a linebacker can't run with him, and he's too big for a defensive back to keep up with him. So they find these mismatches. So, you know, Andy Reid put these guys in positions to win over and over again, and I, I can't – it's hard to fathom how creative uh, that they keep on getting week in and week out, and they're running some of the same plays just out of different formations – and you look and you know, when I, I watched a ton of film, hours and you know, tens of thousands of hours of film over my lifetime, and you sit there and watch it. Okay, how can I stop these guys? How can I stop them? How can I stop them? They're, and they're doing different formation and running the same plays, and they just finding ways, man. I think that um, I think this is this is probably set up to be one of the best Super Bowls ever, uh, because of how these teams play, and it's going to be a chess match. It's really going to come down to who can turn the ball over the least amount of times. But I can tell you this, if Tom Brady throws the ball, turn the ball over two or three times like he did last game, they will not win this game because Patrick Mahomes, they're going to put points on the board. They couldn't cover. Last question for you. Uh, in the first matchup between these two teams, you, you talked about the, the Chiefs just coming out and getting up, on early, getting up on them early. It seemed like, and you're much more of a defensive expert than I am, but it seemed like they made the mistake of trying to single cover Tyreek Hill and he just lacerated them. How do you, when you get whipped like that, and I know they eventually made it a three-point game, but really that game, the Chiefs came out and they took control of it early. 
how much do you totally change what you did the first time when you're going back with a new game plan? Because it wasn't that long ago that when these two teams played in that same stadium, uh, and uh, that was a big game too, and the Chiefs just came out and took it to them, how defensively do you respond there? Is it, I guess when you look at the film, you know whether it was primarily something you were doing or they were doing, but how different do you think this kind of game looks? Well, you know, for one, once you face somebody the first time, you start to get a good feel for who can do what, what their capabilities are, what their strengths, and what their weaknesses are. Um, you know, I'll go back to the point I just made that the, the hard part about playing the Chiefs is they can run a lot of the same plays but out of different formations. And as, as uh, a threat as Tyreek Hill is deep, then they start finding ways to do short screens with him, and he takes it for 15 and 20 and 30 yards every time he touches the ball. So – it's really hard to game plan them. You have to start going after him and, and um, keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. That's what you have to do. You know, if I was if I was Tampa Bay, I would make this a running, bloody game. Draw the clock out as much as possible, and and don't give an uh, an opportunity to turn the ball over. Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette and Jones. I would be. You know, they would both touch the ball twenty times a game. This game. I mean, no matter what, they would touch the ball twenty times a game, and I'll make you stop them eat up the clock as much as possible, and don't give Patrick Mahomes enough chance, uh, another, uh, enough opportunities to uh, put the ball in the end zone. Uh, but this game will come down to the turnover battle. Whoever turned the ball over the least amount of times will win the game. Sean, appreciate it. We've loved having you on all season long. Look forward to a good Super Bowl. Have to, hope you have a good offseason, my man. Thanks, man. You too. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are joined now by Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. And we have arrived, Dr. Chow, at Super Bowl week. Uh, and usually, I talked about this earlier in the show, usually Super Bowl week means what? It means that we are out and about, you know, wherever the Super Bowl may be. This year it's in Tampa, but it's a non-traditional Super Bowl week. In fact, everything feels and looks totally different than it ordinarily would. Uh, but I told you that we wanted to talk on Monday and on Friday of this week to make sure that we had the absolute most up-to-date details in terms of uh, health status for both Chiefs and Bucks players. So some of this may alter and evolve throughout the week. The first thing I would say that's non-traditional about this Super Bowl is you have the Bucks who are already in Tampa, and then you have the Chiefs who are only flying in, I think, the day before the game. So they basically are treating the Super Bowl as the equivalent of a road trip. In fact, a road trip that they had already taken uh, from Kansas City to Tampa once before. Uh, so let's start uh, kind of breaking down this situation. COVID has been the overarching threat of the entire NFL season. Opening weekend of wildcard action Stefanski and some Kevin Stefanski the head coach of the Browns and some of the players on the Browns 
had some COVID issues, but knock on wood, since that point, the uh, NFL playoffs, I think you can tell me if I'm wrong, have been pretty, uh, pretty free of COVID, and we haven't really had major issues. Yeah, that, that's correct, and it actually makes sense. Look, uh, COVID hasn't gone away in society yet. Yes, vaccines are starting to roll out, but really what it comes down to is, A, a numbers game, and B, more diligence. The numbers game, because instead of 32 teams playing, obviously we're down to two. So right there, you have a 116th chance mathematically of someone testing positive from before. And now you're inside the window here where if anyone tested positive, they would automatically be ruled out of the Super Bowl period end of discussion. This goes from coaches to staff to players and no one wants that to happen. This is the moment that you've been waiting for all season. So understandably, I think teams have already been on lockdown. Ironically, you might say that Tampa has the easier time because they're at home, but in some ways that's more difficult, right? Whereas the chiefs, you know, uh, can really definitely lock down a little more easier and be in a regular routine without the fanfare that's uh that's in Tampa. So that'll be interesting to see and watch, but I'm quite sure all teams are being very, very careful. You know, uh, access, especially when you get down anyways to a Super Bowl, even though it's late week, security is pretty tight. But I'm sure it's even locked down more than typical because no one wants to test positive and miss the big game. No doubt at all. All right, let's dive into the actual health status of both teams. So an extra week to get ready to get healthy Uh, As we work towards this game taking place on Sunday, let's start with the Chiefs, who are the team from the AFC that will be traveling in. How would you assess the overall health status of the Chiefs and who are some players that maybe fans should be paying attention to who, uh, who are thinking about how to bet this game or analyze maybe some Super Bowl prop bets? How would you assess that? Well, first of all, you know, all attention is on 15, right? Number 15. And Patrick Mahomes, concussion or not, that issue is behind him. The issue of the turf toe will not be. There's no way you can be completely healed from a turf toe when he plays in the Super Bowl. It'll be four weeks. And there is, even as some rumors or reports of potential surgery after the season, don't know if that's true or not, but the carbon fiber plate, the tape, the uh, game day injection, he's been listed at full practice so far. Of course, he's going to play. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the running back, should finally get back to where he's really a regular contributor. So that might change things a little bit. Sammy Watkins, I think, is a little iffy on his calf still, but the way that they've schemed with the quick underneath passes instead of the deep balls, he might be phased out anyways a little bit, but the attention for the Chiefs has to be on their offensive line. Look, there's been a lot of word out there that they're missing both tackles. They've missed Mitchell Schwartz since like week six, and that's key. And now they're down Eric Fisher, who tore his Achilles. Yes, it's a big deal. They lost both tackles. But I could argue that it's even a bigger deal than that because of the uh, downstream effect. With Eric Fisher down, backup right tackle Mike Remmers flips from the right side to the left side. Right guard backing up for Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who opted out beginning of the season. Andrew Wiley now kicks out to right tackle. And uh, Stefan Wisniewski, who was released by the Steelers in November and signed with the Chiefs, comes in to play right guard. And obviously, Kelechi Osemele was lost early season. So you could argue from what the Chiefs drew up as their starting five, four of the five are going to be different. Number two, right number two left tackle, number two left guard, number three right guard, and number three right tackle. So that's going to be something key to watch. 
All right, so the chief side of the equation, what about uh, – and by the way, I want to get your your read from a health perspective on the big trade, uh, which obviously we've been talking about a great deal. You don't see happen very often, two starting quarterbacks being flipped uh, in the NFL. But what would you say about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from a health perspective? Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading in the right direction. Ronald Jones should probably be the 1A back and Leonard Fournette back to uh, the 1B where he's more the pass catcher. Uh, the uh, Obviously, Alex Kappa, the right guard, is still out with the ankle fracture. And uh, Vita Vea returning is big for their defensive line. And I think this game might be won or lost on uh, the defensive line of the Bucks with uh, JPP, Jack Barrett, and Vita Vea. Can they get after uh, Mahomes, etc.? But what's to watch for defensively is the safeties. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. should be back from the ankle. However, uh, big question mark with uh, Jordan Whitehead with his left shoulder. Uh, my fear is that he actually tore his pec and is putting off surgery till after the Super Bowl and trying to make a valiant attempt to play through that. So that's what to, that's what's to watch for the Bucks. When you, when oh, and of you course, think, Antonio Brown, Antonio hey, yeah. Brown, you know, question mark. You know, look, he was, don't be scared. He was listed as doubtful, but that's if the game were yesterday on Sunday, right? They give a projection on Friday. There'll be a new projection this coming Friday, and I think he'll end up being a coaching decision if Arians wants to use him or use uh, Scotty Miller still in the slot. Is there a way that you have noticed that teams discuss injuries in Super Bowl week that is different than they might during the regular season or even during the playoffs? Have you picked up on any sort of subtle differences in terms of the way that they use the injury report? Well, there's no question it's unusual because there's injury reports in this in this uh, down week, right? And there's game projections for a game that doesn't exist yesterday, right? And yes. so it's a little bit different. And uh, you know, uh, you know, it's unusual how teams do it. And I'm not saying anyone is wrong, right or wrong. Let's say what they did with Antonio Brown listed as doubtful, or the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes saying he's full practice. Now that may be true, he's full practice, but there's no way he's 100% with that turf toe. So uh, I think the key is to read between the lines in terms of. What what it is. There is a variation of what's legal for teams to do, and I think they're all doing it the right way, but there's some variation of interpretation. And heck, I'm sure we'll get to it as we talk about Goff and how they listed his thumb, so to speak, uh, towards the end of the season. Um, okay, we had you, you mentioned Jared Goff there, which is an interesting segue into the big trade. Matthew Stafford traded to the Rams, Jared Goff traded to uh, the Lions. Matthew Stafford has been a warrior in terms of the number of games that he's been willing to play through. 33 years old, the Rams are giving up a lot for him. And I know, look, a 33-year-old in the NFL is a lot different than a 23-year-old. But based on Matthew Stafford's injury history, is there anything that would give you pause currently about his ability to play at a high level for the next four or five years? Actually, no. And uh, he's had a lot of injuries uh, throughout time, but he's as tough as they come, probably right behind Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has a long streak, and Matthew Stafford has rivaled him in playing through a bunch of different things. And, and I think 
the trade inadvertently can be influenced a little bit by the successes of older quarterbacks, including Tom Brady, right? right. I mean, you look at 33, I think 10 years ago, you'd say 33. We're not trading for someone who's 33. Now you look at Tom Brady and you say, well, maybe this guy can play another 10 years. We'll see, right? And so it's a different uh, trade value there. But yes, the trades cannot be official yet because the league, new league year hasn't started. And even when that happens, there will have to be a physical past for Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff for it to be official. But I don't see that to be an issue on either side. Uh, and the Jared Goff thumb, to the extent that it was still a lingering issue at the end of the season, it'll be a non-issue by the time he gets into minicamp and as, the, as, as he progresses with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think it's a complete non-issue. Look, if they fail him over the thumb, that, that means they changed their mind for some reason. On the trade, which there's been some people yeah. who have said, hey, you know, like he has to pass physical, uh, where suddenly the uh, the Lions decide maybe we don't want to take this big Matthew, I mean, sorry, this big Jared Goff contract as well. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing that the trade told me. Look, Clay, you follow it, and you outkick. I was wrong earlier this season. When week 16, Jared Goff broke his thumb and dislocated, he played the rest of the game, the whole fourth quarter, without any taper support. After three pins 12 days later, I was sure that he was ready to start and would start. And he didn't. The nod was to John Wolford. And I was saying this doesn't make medical sense. He right. was ready to start. Was he 100%? Maybe not. But he was ready to play the game. As evidenced, uh, halfway through the first quarter, Wolford went out and Goff played three and a half quarters reasonably. You can argue how effectively, but he certainly finished the game. And the key there is the Rams didn't activate Blake Bortles that day. In other words, they went into the game with Wolford and Goff. If Goff was iffy with his thumb, that's quite a risk in a playoff game to go into it with one and a half quarterbacks, knowing that the hits the quarterbacks take. So that told me his thumb was fine. And that brought into question, and we talked about it on the Outkick podcast, it's on my timeline, where I said, look, uh, the whole topic that next Monday was hiding behind health. And my assumption was the Rams and with the Goff situation, were hiding behind the thumb a little bit. What they were really saying is Wolford and Goff are a lot closer than we think in terms of evaluation. And with this trade, you can see where it's all come true, where Goff clearly somehow, somewhere along the way, fell out of favor with the Rams and Sean McVay. And it wasn't the thumb, why, just the thumb, why he didn't get that wild card start against the Seahawks. Yeah, there's no doubt at all. Uh, We're talking Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Um, I don't think I asked you or gave you an opportunity to talk about Phillip Rivers uh, when he announced that he had retired. I think I I inadvertently forgot to give you. You wrote a great piece at OutKick, and you just referenced him a little bit here talking about Matthew Stafford and how uh, tough that uh, that that certainly in your experience Philip Rivers was for people out there who uh, maybe have not had the experience which is the vast majority to know what Philip Rivers is like how would you describe him and what did he play through how tough of a guy was Philip Rivers compared to I know you deal with a lot of tough guys on a day-to-day basis but did he even stand out even more than many others for his toughness Well, you know, there's certainly others like him, but he certainly was very tough. I mean, after he tore his ACL in the final game in the RCA Dome, he knew he was playing that AFC championship game. There was no doubt in his mind. 
I mean, he peppered me 17 times on their flight back home saying, let's, uh, let's go get this done and make sure I can play. He so, has so much resolve when we talk about this in the OutKick article. And I really urge people to read it, not for clicks, but it gives you a different side of Philip Rivers, not just the daggummit bantering on the field or his on-field accomplishments, behind the scenes, everything from uh, him allowing his daughters to paint his toenails, from, from, uh, from him uh, you know, literally walking off the bus with the torn ACL and the meniscus behind the backs of like 5,000 people welcoming us to this back to the Chargers practice facility because he was so impatient. He was on the third bus, the first player's bus. bus. He got off early with his bags and walked into the side of the parking lot to get his MRI earlier than, than anything else because he just couldn't wait to get going. And literally 5,000 fans, if they turned their back, they would have seen their starting quarterback. And the final thing that I have to say is for he's so meaningful to San Diego. Like he really was the only guy from the organization that reached out. Not only did he continue to live in San Diego and commute by customized van and study film up to L.A. and back and left his family, but when given a local award in 2008, 19, he made it a point of showing up, and you should click on that OutKick article, and Rich Ornberger, a former teammate, posted the clip of how emotional it was, how he personally thanked the city of San Diego for all his time there, and emotionally said, look, one day I just hope you and San Diego look out there and see me as, and can say, that's my quarterback. I mean, it's he's just that special of a guy. You know, whether he makes the Hall of Fame or not, I hope he does. The on-field accolades, I think are well documented but the man behind that i think is something that people should get to know i'm i'm fascinated by how he played with a torn acl like explain for layman's terms how that is possible to even do well, first of all, I'm so naive. You know, at the time when I was in the NFL being the head team position, I didn't talk to any media. I didn't read any of the stuff. And like now that I'm on the media side, it is unfathomable to me that in the 2008 AFC Championship game, we hid the fact that he had surgery and, and a torn ACL. You know, and nowadays it just it just wouldn't happen. Look, how did he do it? Uh, first of all, he literally said to me, and he didn't know how true it would be, saying, look, I don't want to miss a chance to play in the Super Bowl. I'll take the risks, do what we need to do. I don't know when I'll get back here again. And he was saying that hypothetically, it turned right. out to be true. It was his only chance in the AFC championship game. So I'm, I know he's glad that he played, but you know, we, we had a little medical tricks, did a few things. We scoped him. We drained his knee, all this sort of stuff, uh, toughness, used the brace, but let's be fair. As tough as Phillip Rivers is, it's different. If you're LT playing through the ACL, it's different. If you're Lamar Jackson playing through the ACL. Philip, of all people, wasn't the most mobile guy in the world, <laughs> to, to be fair. And that's one of the reasons uh, how he was able to tough it out and, uh, and do that. Uh, Dr. Chow, fantastic as always. We will talk to you again on Friday to get the absolute latest from a health perspective right here as we close. Who would you say, for people who might be tuning into us right now, who's more healthy right now, the Chiefs or the Bucks, as we get ready to roll into Super Bowl week? The Bucks have the healthier team. But then again, in the championship round, the Packers were healthier than the Bucks, and the Bucks prevailed, and the Bills were healthier than the Chiefs, and so the Chiefs prevailed. But right now, the Bucks are healthier than the Chiefs, and you can see that at the injury index and field view at profootballdoc.com. Outstanding stuff. We'll talk to you again uh, Friday. Thank you. That's Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. You can track him down there.
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.